As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Life Application with the Scriptures podcast. I'm your host, James Dennis. Tonight, we are going to start our series of L-I-F-E, Love, Inspire, Flourish, and Educate Each Other and One Another. Life, and that's what's Life Application with the Scriptures. That's what we're kicking it off with. And tonight we have, again, another very, very special guest, somebody that, man, this brother, I have seen him grow. I've went to school with him. Um, he is the minister of the Wayne Road Church of Christ, which in some of you terms out there, pastor, that's what he, that's what he is. He, he, he sits at that level. He's the shepherd of that flock. He's the one that leads the, the people and makes sure they get God's word. And he is very particular about his congregation. Know that. He is very particular. And this brother is always, always trying to do stuff in the community. No, not trying, doing stuff in the community. Um, working with his congregation, working with the young people, working with young adults, um, discussing real issues with real people. He doesn't back down from anything. If you want to know something, he's going to find the answer to you. This is a brother I love, I respect. He is the man. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to introduce you to Clifton Webb. Well, I just want to welcome everyone to this um, podcast, who's hosted by Brother James Dennis, uh, Dennis, the minister, associate minister of the Elmwood Park Church of Christ under the leadership of Reginald Best. I thank God for this brother. He's a good friend of mine. He's a good brother in Christ. Um, I appreciate his wonderful introduction. I don't know if I can actually uh, live up to that, uh, those accolades, but I am very humble uh, at those kind words from my brother and dear friend in Jesus Christ. I bring you greetings from the Wayne Road Church of Christ, where I serve as the ministering and evangelist at that congregation, wonderful and beautiful church at 9426 Wayne Road, Rumless, Michigan. And so if you're ever in the area, please stop by and check us out. Or you can check us out at the Wayne Road Church of Christ on Facebook or YouTube. Or you can find out more info at our website, WayneRoadChurchOfChrist.org to get to know us. And we would love to get to know you. Uh, James has given me the um, 
um, just the, the title uh, to work on this evening, Love. And he didn't give me a task to work with or anything of that nature. He kind of wanted me just to bring out some points about love. And since this podcast is about love and inspire to flourish and to educate one another, he gave me the privilege to talk about love. But I want to come from 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5. And I'm going to read this from the New English translation version, if you will. Paul says, the Apostle Paul writing to Timothy, giving him uh, instructions on what it means to be a man of God and to walk in the will of God, and also giving him the instructions to lead the church. And, and so he says in verse five, he says, but the aim of our instruction is love that comes from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. Now, I want you to hear that verse again. He says, the aim of our instruction is love that comes from a pure heart. That's number one. Number two, a good conscience. And number three, a sincere faith. We define word love as that word is agape, God's unconditional Love, that same word, love, or charity in your text comes from that same word that was used in John chapter 3 and verse 16. When Jesus says, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed on him should not perish but have everlasting life. So the love that we have stemmed from or should stem from the love of God that he has shown us at the cross by sacrificing his son. Paul used the same word love in verse five. And if any aim of our instructions that the commands of God that, that we do today is not just because he commands us, but every command that God has given us, it ought to stem from the love that he has shown to us and for us. And that same love should be shown to our fellow man. And so therefore, Paul writes to Timothy that the aim of his instruction that he gives Timothy is love. And that love have characteristics or conditions, if you will, love comes, should come from a pure heart. You mean to tell me that there's fake love out here? There's, uh, there's corruption, uh, corrupt love? There's fake love out here? Yes. Um, everybody that say they love you don't really love you. And as children of God, love should first come from a pure heart. The reason why it should come from a pure heart, because we read in Matthew chapter 5, um, when Jesus speaks on the mount, or what we call the Sermon on the Mount, he tells us that blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And so those that don't come, that love that does not come from a pure heart, would not see God, because without a pure heart, you cannot see God. So our heart first must be pure for the love to be pure. Everything that comes from a pure heart should be pure. Amen? So with that mindset, love first must come from a pure heart. Well, how is the heart purified? In First Peter chapter 1 and verse 22 and 23, the apostle Peter tells us how. 
He says, you have purified your souls by obeying the truth in order to show sincere mutual love. So love one another earnestly from, here go that phrase again, a pure heart. So how is my heart purified? The, 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 verse, the, the phrase before this, when it says you have purified your souls by obeying the truth. What is that truth? That truth is the word of God. How do we know that? In verse 23, it says you have been born anew, not from perishable, but from imperishable seed through the living and enduring word of God. And so there we see where a purified heart come from. It comes from obeying the word of God. But let's not stop there. We, we have to uh, read another verse in Romans chapter 5. And verse number 5, the Apostle Paul talks about where does love come from and this purification. Because when the heart is purified, then we're able to love people with a pure heart. But where does that love stem from? And Romans chapter 5 and verse 5, the Bible says, and hope does not disappoint because the love of God, listen to that phrase, the love of God has been poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. And so in other words, when we obey the gospel of Jesus Christ, we see the, um, the command of Peter tells uh, the people on the day of Pentecost, repent and be baptized, every one of you, um, um, uh, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, that you may receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Excuse me. So when your sins has been cleansed, and God gives you a gift on top of that, and that's the Holy Spirit. And since the fruit of the Spirit is love, so when you got that gift, the Spirit of God, you also benefited from the fruit of that Spirit, and that fruit is love. And so that love that's in you ought to manifest. It ought to be cultivated in the heart of the child of God. And so this is a non-negotiable. Because if you want to see God, your heart is going to be pure. And out of a pure heart, you're not only supposed to love God, you're supposed to love your fellow man. And so, but Paul doesn't stop at just having your heart pure, that your love ought not only ought to be pure from a pure heart, he goes even further. He says, love also must be of a good conscience. A good conscience. When we look at this thing, your conscience should be clear about God's command, how to love God and love your fellow man. No one should have a bad conscience of loving anyone. Think about this. Well, what if he did me wrong? Should I love him? Yes, you should. Jesus told us to love our enemies. Pray for our enemies. Bless those that despitefully uses us. So we have a ready command. Why? Because God first loved us. All right? So how can we say that we love God, but yet we don't love our fellow man? Then truly the love of God is not in you. But he did me wrong. How many times have we done God wrong? But yet he's shown us his love anyway. And so when we look at love, love should not be based upon fear. Love should be done 
uh, with a good conscience. In James, the Bible teaches, if a man knoweth to do good and does it not, it is sin. And so if you're loving with a bad conscience, that's not true love. Because you know to do good and do it not. Conscious, what is conscious? It is that thing. When we go back to the text, um, in Thera's dictionary, he breaks the word down of what conscious is. And I want to share that because it's also in Romans, I believe, chapter two. And Paul breaks it down as well. What the conscious is, is it's the consciousness of anything. It says the soul as distinguishing between what is morally good and bad, prompting to do the former and to shun the latter, commending one or condemning the other. That's what the conscious does. That's why it's not a safe guide to trust in conscience in and of itself, because we've seen men in the Bible that did things with a good conscience or in good conscience, but yet were wrong in the sight of God. And so your conscience has to be sprinkled um, by the blood of Jesus Christ. And it must be coupled with the knowledge of who Jesus Christ is. Because there's a lot of people that their conscience are clear in what they do, but they can be sincerely wrong in what they do. That's why you need objective truth. You need uh, objective law to, to determine what is objectively right and wrong. That's why Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. No man can come to the Father but by him. And so if I was you, I would bet on Jesus Christ is the way you ought to go when you love your fellow man with a good conscience. And so when we look at this, we should love one another with a clear conscience, number one, because no man can sh shall see God if he doesn't love from a pure heart. And that follows having a bad conscience when you love. We are reminded in 1 John by the Apostle John that we ought to, a perfect, uh, sorry, perfect law, a perfect, perfect love casted out all fear. We don't love out of fear. We don't love out of bad conscience. But perfect love casts out all fear. All these things that get in the way of loving uh, our fellow man. Why? Because God first loved us. And so we, we, we live by the example. And I have one more point in this verse. Love. Love should be, um, according to the New English translation, it should be sincere. Love should come from a sincere faith. There's fake love out here. People will say they love you in your face. The moment you turn your back on them, they're ready to um, backstab you. Love must be sincere. This word sincere comes from the word. When we get our word, um, it shouldn't be hypocritical. Um, Jesus talks about this in Matthew chapter, I believe, six, and that we should do nothing with hypocrisy, that word hypocrisy, come from a, a stage actor that put on a show. It's not really genuine. It's just a show. And so the opposite of a hypocrite is somebody that's real, that really believes, that really knows, that really loves genuinely. And our faith 
should be uh, sincere. And so our love should come from a sincere faith because God has not given us the spirit of fear, but he has given us a power, love, and a sound mind. So our love then must be pure. Second, it must come from a pure heart. And we talked about the that heart purification comes from obeying the word of God. That love comes from the spirit pouring out his love into your heart. And it should be of a good conscience. No one should have a bad conscience loving on their fellow man. Yes, there may be some times where you don't want to love back, but think about what Jesus did for us on the cross. Think about the things he did not deserve or what we've done to him, but yet he still on that cross said, forgive them, Lord, for they know not what they do. There are some people that genuinely that are living in darkness and ignorance. They do these things because they operating from another spirit. But since we are children of God and have obeyed the gospel and we walk by the spirit of God, we have the right and the commandment to love no matter what, no matter the circumstance. And then I also, our love should be real. Our love should be sincere, very genuine. When people get done talking to you, that they ought to say that is a loving person because God is love. And since we are children of God, people ought to see the love of God in you. I can go further, but I'm on a time frame here. I hope this uh, this lesson, bless somebody that's listening here, and I hope that you can apply this in some form or some fashion in your life, that you may benefit from this lesson that helps somebody else to see the love of Christ in you. And when somebody uh, asks you the question, man, you're just a loving person. Why are you so loving? That is your witness. That is your time to let your light so shine before the dark world and tell them about the love that was shown to you at the cross. May God bless you. May God keep you. The message is yours. Wow. Man, my brother, that was pretty powerful. Um, Thank you, brother. You know... <laughs> I, you know, one of the reasons why I started the podcast, the YouTube, the, even the Instagram, all the stuff that, that we're, we're throwing out there, and even the series, you hit on it today. You hit on it. it it's, it's because we are not loving one another. If you have a different point of view than me, especially politically, we're like arch enemies. And, and it's only one point that we, we're, we're not agreeing on. Just one point. But the rest of it, we're just arch enemies and I hate you. And I, I got a profanity flying in front of my house. And you got, I mean, dude, it's just, it, it is, I mean, you, you, man, let me, let me start with the questions on this, man. Man, you just, you just really, that was really good. Really good. Man, I got to give you some more applause. I give you this. I give you this. Well, th well, thank you. But you, you said something, brother. If you don't, if I don't, if you don't mind me saying no, this, no, 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 go, 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 um, man. We, it's us kicking it now, man. This is all free fall. <laughs> well, in First Corinthians chapter one and verse ten, when when the apostle Paul says, "I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to agree together, mm -hmm. to end your divisions, mm -hmm. and to be united by the same mind 
and purpose. Remember, uh, James, we were talking about in the text about you, you said something about partyism. You probably didn't use that word, right. but partyism was the problem in the Corinthian churches. It's the problem in today's world, and it's the problem in today's church. Right. The moment partyism get into play, what happens, partyism comes from a stem. It stems from a lack of love. Right. And so oftentimes, when we read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, we call it the love chapter, right? Yes. Love yes. time. Yep. Love is patient. But if we, we read that at weddings and we talk about it and um, at church and things in nature. But in context of 1 Corinthians, Paul was reading back into the text in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. He said, that's your problem. He said, the reason why there are schisms and divisions and partyism and because y'all have disagreement because y'all lack love. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's what First Corinthians 13 is really bad. He, you can take every item that he breaks down in love. Right. Love is kind. Look at what they were doing. Yep. All right. I don't agree with you. You don't agree with me. So you're not part of the body. Right. That's not love. Right. So because love is kind. All right. Oh, I was baptized of Paul. I was baptized of this other guy. That's boasting. Love does not boast. Right. Man, we've been reading the context wrong in First Corinthians chapter 13. Yes. Yes. No, 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 no. You are absolutely right. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. You, you are absolutely that's right. That's the biggest problem. Yep. At this point. You're right. And you're right. You're right. And it, and it goes with that agreement and disagree. It's okay for you and I to disagree. First and foremost. Yes. But the thing is, and this is where this is where the social media stuff, and I'm not going to name any of the social media stuff because I use wow. it, right? But this is where these people get in and they're hiding behind their computers and they're not showing love. You you made another point. You was like, we should love. And and, and here's something I want, want to just bring out because I thought this was a really, really good point. There is a difference between a clear and good conscience. Can you go over that real quick? The difference between a clear and a good conscience. Because they are well, different. Well, and well, Paul said he was blameless under the law. All right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the apostle Paul said this, that's before he was apostle, of uh, course, but he did things ignorantly. Right. All right. He was very zealous of the law of God. That's why he commended the death of Stephen. All right. That's why they laid the clothes after they killed the brother and they laid the clothes at whose feet? Saul. Yep. All right. Who we know is the Apostle Paul. But right. At the time, he was the Apostle at the time. All right. Why was he with that band? Because he thought that was the right thing to do, according to his God-given clear conscience. Ah, that's a, that's a clear conscience. That's a clear conscience, what you just out. described, right? Yes. Okay, but that's Jesus a clear conscience. Came, Jesus came and confirmed, though your conscience was clear in what you did, you were dead wrong. Yep. Yep. <laughs> All right. And we remember the story in the Acts chapter nine. The Lord met him right. and blinded him. You right. know, Saul, Saul, why persecutors thou? But Paul said he did it ignorantly. But in his mind, that was the right thing to do. Right me in this mindset, clear. His mm -hmm. conscience was clear. Right. I did the right thing. In fact, his conscience was so clear that he was going to go get some more. Right. That's what it is. And Jesus stopped him on his track. That's why I say conscious is not a safeguard in and of itself. It has to be coupled with the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hey, there, there, you, there you go. And here's the thing. Let's, now let's throw it back to today's. So now we got people on these social media things. 
they feel like they have a good conscience because their conscience is clear. Right. That and there lies the problem because they're only relying on number one emotions. That's a, that's something right. I talked about in a couple of podcasts or YouTube's ago. Emotions, and then secondly, to your point, they never test the waters. They never test their spirit. Is this, you know, is this right? You know, it feels right to me. I think it's right, but really, can we sit, put the facts on the table, and see exactly what's going on? So, uh, yeah, that, that's exactly right. Uh, the, um, but Paul says, in in, in the latter days, um, people are going to have their conscience seared. Yes. All right. With a hot iron in the King James Version. But we know when when something is here, it's stuck, it's not moving and standing there. I'm right. Um, this is my truth. All right. You got your truth. I got my truth. All right. My conscience is clear. That's what they really say. Yes. Yes. Which is why that, we got oh, so many problems. Yeah. This is why and we so, got so many problems. Is when it comes to truth, there must be ob- objective truth. Mm-hmm. All right. So there's subjective truths, but there also there is what we call objective, uh, morally objective, right and wrong. Mm-hmm. All right. That's why it's so important um, to walk in the will of God, because it's not a man to direct his own step. But a good man's steps are ordered by the Lord. Hear the word good, good yep. man. Yes. Good conscience. All yep. that is connected to your steps being guided by God and yep. not by yourselves. Because there is a way that's even right into a man, but the end thereof is the ways of death. Deep, dude, deep. Now, let me hit this. La- I'm going to hit this last point because we're running, we're running this time up, man. It's all, man, we're going to have you back. And everybody, I am pushing really hard for this brother to get his own podcast. I'm going to throw that out there because that's, that's something I think he needs to do. Cliff, you got a lot of good um, um, good words, good words of wisdom. And the world Thank needs this. This is the reason why we're pushing this stuff so hard and so out there. But Cliff will be back on this podcast anyway. So it's, he's just involved in this series, but he's going to be on. Last point, man. You talked about a sincere love. And mm-hmm. the thing is, in this world, that is the one thing that a lot of people misuse the word love. They will meet a first person for the very first time and not in a sexual way. They would tell them they love them. Yeah. You know, I mean, do you think that we're using the love, the word love too loosely in today's thing? And, I, and I'm not including the, 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 the person and I'm not going to I used to could say the men or the male that would do this to to the females when they wanted to get something from them, because it's not even going down like that anymore. It's actually going both ways. You got women that would tell a man she loves him to get what she wants as well. So it, it, I'm not going to even include that piece. But do you think we use the word love way too loosely? Well, you said it. Um, some love comes from impure motives. Mm-hmm. And that should not be the way of child to child of God. Right. Let me tell you something, James. Um, I don't expect too much out of the world as much as I expect in the child of God. Ooh, that's good. I like that. And so I like a lot that. of times we're so upset with the world about how they use the term love and their impure motives and the way um, they do, well, uh, the wages of sin is death. So, so they already have their reward, okay? We expect more out of the world than we do of ourselves. I think God has mm-hmm. set us at a higher standard right. than the world. That's why we are the light of the world, right? right? And so to answer your question, yes, I believe we use the word too casually mm. and don't mean it. Sometimes we use it in vain, 
okay? Because why do we use that word in vain? Because we truly don't mean what we say when we say what we say, okay? But John tells us, the Apostle John tells us in 1 John chapter 3, he says, Brethren, let us not uh, love only with our words, but let us also love with our deeds. Jesus did not just love us with his words, but he loved us with his deeds when he laid down his life for us. That is true love. And and so a lot of times people use love in a very casual sense, uh, a sense of the word, and it's very worldly. Love, you know, I only love you because so I can get love back. But can you love a person even if they don't love you back? That's love. Right. That was radical. Um, in the time of Jesus, this radical love today that ought to be wrought out by the child of God. All right. It is hard to love those that don't love you back for just a natural human being. Right. But how 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 is Jesus able to do that? Because he's God in the flesh and he loves us so much. He wants to show us the great example of what it means to be totally led by the Holy Spirit, full of the Holy Spirit, that we may um, be so attracted to that love that we want that love in us to love others. That's Christianity. Yep. That is Christianity. And so we see that love on the cross, looking them, beating them, uh, mocking them on the, on the cross and uh, saying, yeah, uh, save yourself. If you be God's son, come on down. They mocking them, brother. <laughs> and in the, in the midst of that, he says, forgive them, Lord, but they know not what they do. Well, I'm telling you now, Cliff, they lucky James wasn't Jesus because there would have been some dead brothers and sisters laying out there. They would have just about to just busted them. But, you know, there's that's funny that you said that, right? Yeah, I'm just Um, being honest, man. But think about it. The first Um, spit would have did me in. I'm going to be honest. Oh, oh, I ain't signed up for this. Yeah, but Jesus. Jesus um, uh, has a testimony from the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter five and verse six and seven. I want to share this with you. I know we. No, 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 no. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. It says, for while we were still helpless at the right Mm -hmm. time, Christ died for the ungodly. Then in verse seven, he says, for rarely will anyone die for a righteous person. Though for a good person, perhaps someone might possibly dare to die. Mm. So any man would not do. <laughs> Only Jesus could do. Amen. Hey, look, look. All right. Amen. And so we thank God because it was up to us. A lot of people will be uh <laughs> dusted off. <laughs> yeah, they just be dumped off. It's like, oh yeah, don't worry about him. He did this to me, so don't save him. Delete. Wait a minute, Jesus said I come to save all. Right. It'd have been some deletion, my brother. It'd have been some deletion. Hey, y'all, brother Clifton Webb, Wayne Road Church of Christ. Thanks for having me, brother. Hey, man, do me a favor. Shout out your contacts and stuff, all your stuff, because some people listening to this are like, man, I want to check this brother out deeper. Go ahead. Shout it back out again, my brother. Again, um, you can check us out at WayneRoadChurchOfChrist.org. Also, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And we um, rocking it out on Sundays, every Sunday, Sunday worship at 1030. 
If you'd like to tune in uh, to us and listen to the word of God, come and worship with, uh, with us in spirit and truth as we lift up God and praise God in admiration of who he is because we are only who we are because of who he is. So we thank God for his mercy. We thank you guys for your time and thank Brother James Dennis for um, this wonderful opportunity to preach. Guys and grasp the word was able to say, keep that fire very slow. Man, like I said, you are the man, my brother. I got to give you some more audience there as we um fade the black on this all right everybody um uh, this is and i'm getting ready to holla out the other podcast this is life application with the scripture podcast i'm your host james Dennis. until next time or excuse me till tomorrow night got another one coming at you have all a great right. one stay tuned <laughs> As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.